Welcome to Stories for Wonderful Children. I'm Dan Wendelin, your host and storyteller. Years ago, I began recording the bedtime stories I told my children every night. Now, we would like to share those stories with you. I hope you enjoy my Stories for Wonderful Children. Once upon a time, and this was a time that was really quite unlike any other time, there was a watchmaker. And a watchmaker. What's that? It's someone who makes watches. What's so special about a watchmaker? I don't know. I'll have to listen to the story to find out. This watchmaker had studied long and hard to learn to make watches. Her father had made watches before her. And when she had turned four years old, she had started working in his watchmaking shop with him, learning how he did everything, learning how he ground his the, mother. the tiny gears and how he put the... Uh, gears are, must be really tiny. Yes, very, very tiny. And it took her a long time to learn everything that there was to learn about watches from her father. Well, when she turned 15 years old, her father and mother decided to do something that they had never done before. They called her in to the main room of the house and they said, Elise, you know everything that I know about how to make watches. And so I have decided to go on vacation with your mother. We are going to go on vacation to France. And we are going to be gone two weeks. And while we are gone, I am entrusting the watch store to you. Do you think you can handle this, Elise? And Elise said, oh yes, Daddy. I think I'm ready. And he said, oh, I agree. He said, now, I want you to take care, finish the watches that we've started, and I want you to take new orders if they come in and quote them a fair price. And I want you to remember, you must never, ever sell a watch to a goblin. And Elise said, yes, Daddy, I know. And so the next day, her mommy and her daddy packed a big suitcase. Why not sell eight. a watch to a goblin? We'll have to listen and find out. And I don't want to find out. Packed, um, packed a big suitcase for each one of them, and they left on the train for France. Well, you can't get to France on a train. You can if you live in Europe. They, Elise and her family, lived in Austria, which is a country in Europe. But you're right, you can't get to France on a train from the United States. Well, you could get to the airport on a train. That's true. And you can also get to the airport on an airplane. That's also true. So... If it's an airplane that belongs to the airport... So, Elise... After her parents left, she went to the watch shop, and she sat there. She was working on a watch 
for the local duchess that had been ordered for the duchess's birthday by her okay. husband, the duke. A duchess is sort of a, a, like a queen, but of a much smaller area. She doesn't rule a whole country. She just rules a, a little area within the country, usually called a duchy. Anyway, the duke had ordered this watch, and the watch was set with a ruby where each number would be on the face of the watch. And it was pretty much done all that her father had finished making the face of the watch and putting the gems into it. And Elise just needed to finish putting the little gears in. And as she was working on this, she heard the door of the store swing open. And she looked up, and there was a funny little man standing there. And he walked up to her, and he took out a watch, and he handed it to her, and he said, he said, my old watch is broken, and I need to buy a new one. And Elise said, all right, sir, what sort of watch did you have in mind? And the funny little man looked around, and he said, well, I don't know, just anything will do. And Elise said, well, all right, how much were you planning on spending? And the man produced a large gold coin seemingly out of nowhere, and plopped it down on the counter. Well, Elise picked it up, and she looked at it, and she recognized it. That coin was a goblin gold coin. It had a little picture of the face of the goblin king printed on one side of it, and she took the gold coin and she handed it back to the funny little man, and she said, I'm sorry, I can't sell you a watch. And he frowned at her, and he said, why not? And she said, because my daddy said that I must never sell a watch to a goblin. I'm very sorry. And the little man gave her a nasty look, and he turned around, and he left. And Elise worked the rest of that day without any trouble. No one else came in to disturb her, and she almost finished the Duchess's watch. The next few days... She had a couple of people come in for repairs on old watches, and she finished up the Duchess's watch and arranged to have it delivered to the castle well in advance of her birthday. The Duke would be pleased. But when she had been there working on the fourth day, she heard the bell that was attached to the shop door ring again, and when she looked up, there was the same little man, and he walked up to her, and he put down two gold coins, and he said, Now will you sell me a watch? And Elise looked at the gold coins. A gold coin was enough money to buy for her family to buy food for a year. It was a lot of money. But she shook her head and she said, No, I'm sorry. My daddy said I must never sell a watch to a goblin. And the man scooped up his coins, and without a word, he turned, and he left. Well, she did not see him again the next day, nor the day after that. But on the third day following, just as the watch was, shop was about to close, he came marching back in. He made a little tower of five gold coins in front of her. He pushed them across the counter towards her, and he said, I will buy a watch from you. Any watch will do. Elise bit her lip and looked at the five gold coins. Five gold coins was enough for her family 
to buy an entirely new house, and not a little one like they lived in now, a big one like the one the Duke and the Duchess lived in, with many fireplaces, and everyone a room of their own, with their own bed, with a big feather mattress, and a big fluffy pillow to sleep on. And probably even a servant to cook food so that Mama would be able to help Daddy in the shop and would not have to cook and clean. She thought of all these things, but she remembered that her daddy had entrusted the store to her, and had told her that, as the very last thing before he left, that she must never sell a watch to a goblin. And so she sighed, and she pushed the gold coins back across the counter to the little man, and she said, I'm sorry. I would if it were up to me. But my daddy told me I was never to sell a watch to a goblin, and so I must not. The little man scooped up the gold coins, and they disappeared up his sleeve. He turned and he left without another word. Well, Elise passed several more days filling watch orders and repairing watches, and on the twelfth day that her parents had been gone, she heard the door to the shop ring, and she looked up, and she was surprised, because it was her daddy. And her daddy said, France was boring. We came home early. And he France walked. was boring. France was boring. They didn't like it. It said, France was boring. We didn't like it, so we came back early. Yes. Franz was poor and we came back early. <laughs> so he came in and he said, so tell me what's been happening. And she told him. She told him about finishing the Duchess's watch and she told him about the watches she'd repaired. And then she said, and oh, Daddy, there has been a goblin who came by three times. And first he offered me one gold coin and then he offered me two gold coins and then he offered me five gold coins. But I did not take them because you told me that I must never sell a watch to a goblin. And her father frowned, and he nodded, and she said, Daddy, why must I never sell a watch to a goblin? And her daddy frowned harder, and he said, You know, I don't really know. She said, You don't know? He said, No. It's just that my daddy always told me that his father had told him that we must never sell watches to goblins. You mean he didn't tell you why? No, said her daddy. Elise says, said, that's very strange, daddy. And her daddy said, yes, I agree. But I'm sure that my grandfather must have had a good reason when he told my father. And so that's why I'm telling you. And Elise has, has said, don't you think maybe we ought to try it just to see what happens? And her father thought about it for a moment, and he said, Well, I don't know. And just then, while they were looking at each other and thinking about it, they heard the bell on the front door of the shop ring again, and they looked up, and there was the funny little man. And he walked in, and he again had his gold coins and as he started to stack them on the table, Elise's father said, Now see here, why do you want a watch so badly? 
And the goblin looked up at them and he said, Because my watch is broken, and without one, I can't tell time. And without being able to tell time, I cannot do my magic. Goblin magic depends upon a keen sense of time. Elise's daddy thought about that for a moment, and he said, Well, I tell you what, we have a family rule. We do not sell watches to goblins. And the goblin frowned, and her daddy then said, But you know, we don't have any family rules about repairing watches for goblins. Let me have a look at that. And the goblin gave him his old watch, and together Elise and her daddy sat down and they looked at it and they took the back off it and they looked at the gears and they could see that it was a beautifully made watch very old and made with many precious metals and they could see that one small gear had slipped out of place and so they carefully carefully slipped it back into place and shut the back of the watch and wound it up and held it up to their ears and they could hear the gentle And then they handed it back to the goblin, who smiled at them, and gave them each one of his gold coins, and thanked them, and laughed. And then Elise and her daddy went back home to tell Elise's mommy all about their sudden good fortune. Thanks for listening to Stories for Wonderful Children. I created today's story, but questions and witty commentary were supplied by my children. The music was created by Brandon Thompson. If you enjoy the show, please tell someone about it or leave a review on your podcast provider. Our website is storiesforwonderfulchildren.com, and you can also find us on most social media. I'm Dan Wendelin, reminding you to tell someone you love a story.